Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Volume. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN, J-O-H-N. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code JOHN only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensed partner, Gold Nugget Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecott, 3 and Out Podcast. How are we doing, my people? Here's the game plan. We will talk some football. The Jets, Rodgers, McAfee paying Rodgers to come on, as well as some breaking news around the NFL, changing the interview process, an international Super Bowl, uh, the fake fan at the Chargers game, some news and notes around the league, and then, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those direct messages and get your question answered on the show. It's just my Instagram. Other than that, we did a podcast yesterday reacting to the Cowboy Charger game. Me and Colin did one Monday. We will have this one today. I will have another one ahead of Thursday Night Football. And then, of course, Friday, we will react to Amazon Prime, Thursday Night Football, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, Derek Carr, 
Trevor Lawrence. Actually, really excited for that Thursday night game. Not going to lie. Some games, I don't fake the hype, but I got to psych myself in. I, I am very, very excited for Thursday night at 5.15 Pacific Standard Time. So let's get ready. If you listen on Collins' feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out. We got volume merch, the volume.com, 3 and Out hats. I was rocking one earlier. And other than that, hope everyone's having a good week. It's, it's kind of getting close to holiday season. Halloween right around the corner. Get ready for those trick-or-treaters. As fat people, you know, we struggle. You get too much candy to hand out. You end up eating too much. I, I already, every time I go to Safeway, I'm kind of eyeballing. What do I want to give the kids slash eat myself? And uh, and yeah, let's, let's get excited for life. Before we dive into a lot football-wise, I wanted to start with one thing and one thing only. My friends at game time. Do you want to go... Do you, I'm telling you, if you live in Philly, your team's winning the World Series. Do you want to see your team in the World Series? If you live in the Dallas area, do you want to see Bruce Bochy? Because anytime he is managing your team, you got a chance. And you're two games up. Hell, you got the Astros coming. If you want to go to a game, download the Game Time app. It's the official ticketing app of this podcast. Search around any event you want to go to. Concert, you a Swifty now? You want to go to a comedy show? Get some laughs? Put a smile on your face? Use the Game Time app, sign up for a pair of tickets, and use the promo code John. That's just my name, J-O-H-N, J-O-H-N, promo code John, easy to use, $20 off, cannot recommend them enough. They got you covered, everything. Promo code John, $20 off, hammer that Game Time app. Let's start with the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I guess I screwed that up, but you know what I meant. Uh, I think there's a lot going on. First and foremost, I saw a headline today. 26 million people watched them play the Eagles. And I got to be honest, I was glued to my seat. That that was three hours Niners-Browns, three hours of that game, and then the, the Sunday night game. Good day of football. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that game popped on TV. And one thing about the Jets is, I think they were proven right. You know, we knew immediately last year, when, and I'm all for taking big swings. I'm all for making massive trades. But not every massive trade works. Not, not every big move you make in business is going to yield you a big ROI. But you have to be willing to take them. It's the only way for growth. right? It's the only way in, in football for success. you got to be aggressive. And when you don't have a quarterback and you have the opportunity to trade for Aaron Rodgers, no brainer. I mean, it's the easiest move you'll ever make. I, I've supported it even to this day. I completely understand why the Denver Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. You do that, every team does it. Never forget, the Eagles wanted him. He would not waive his no-trade clause. The Eagles could have easily had Russell Wilson right now. They could find themselves in the debacle. They got lucky because he said, no, I'm not going to play there. And one thing's pretty clear. They're 3-3 three and three with Zach Wilson playing the overwhelming majority of their season. And they got a chance to be a playoff team. And the Aaron Rodgers buzz about him coming back from the surgery, clearly I watched some of Robert Sala's press conference, and I've said this over and over. When you're going to go through tough times, I I think the personality of young people in 2023, it's easier to be surrounded by a more positive person. Now, I'm not saying being real, some negativity, and getting screamed at every once once in a while in football isn't healthy. But, like, it's easier to be around the Robert Sala types. I've seen it with D'Amico for a couple years. Whether they sustain this or whether they kind of hit the skids and end up winning five games, D'Amico's going to be positive. He's going to be an uplifter. 
It's the, it's the opposite, as you see with Bill Belichick. A lot of negativity in that building. I'll promise you, you see with Brian Dayball on the sideline. He is running hot. And I think this Jets team, I was wrong. And one of my early takes in the season is when you go into the year with Zach Wilson as your backup quarterback, that's on you. Because when you acquire a 39-year-old quarterback who at any moment could get hurt, that's just the nature of the sport, especially at that age, your backup quarterback matters. And this was a guy that you wanted to get rid of, but you held on to because you hoped that this guy could influence him. And ironically, he kind of did, but then the moment he gets hurt, he goes to L.A. And as Robert Sala said, like part of being on injured reserve, there is a separation. We want him here. We would take him here every day of the week, but his rehab's there and the doctor that he uses there. But as you saw last week, having him on the sideline, there's kind of a belief in this team that they didn't quite have last year. Now, relative to the division, to me, the Bills are still the favorite, even with some of their question marks on defense based on injuries. And Miami, listen, if Tua plays 17 games, they're going to win 12 (laughs) easily with that offense. I mean, they're averaging eight yards a play. But the Jets have a chance to be the third team and make a wild card, especially we'll see, you know, the Chargers could lose any game they play. Obviously, the injuries in the AFC North when it comes to, you know, can Pittsburgh even score? The Browns, their quarterback situation, we'll see. I don't care how good their defense is, and it's freaking awesome. Uh, The Ravens have a million injuries, but they got Lamar Jackson. And obviously, the Bengals are still working some things out. But it's pretty wide open in the AFC, especially if the Chargers are out. You know, the AFC West and the AFC South are only getting one team. So definitely going to be multiple teams from the East and the North. And I think the Jets have at least kept their playoff hopes alive. And that's all you could ask for after the dudes laying there on the ground. And um, listen, I find them an easy watch. The defense is fun. It's a lot more fun than last year. I'll promise you that. And I saw another story that kind of went viral when it comes to the Jets. There's a big difference in the quote-unquote media between the people that write and then the people that talk slash are on TV. There is a journalistic element to sports writers, right? If you write for a newspaper, if forever you wrote for a big conglomerate online, there's a journalistic element to your craft, right? When it comes to the audio medium, whether it's radio, now podcast, it's all about two things, entertainment and money. And you you could argue, you could put them in any order you want. I personally value 1A, 1B, the listener slash the consumer first, and then 1B, the revenue, but it kind of goes hand in hand. And McAfee said that he was paying Rodgers, and he's paid him well over a million dollars. And Rodgers, obviously, is one of the biggest guests in the history of audio, at least in my life, in terms of what he means to the impact of an individual show. And a lot of guests, like historically a coach, you know, forever WFAN would get the Yankees manager. And I always heard they paid him like half a million dollars. And their rating share was huge. When I worked in radio, we used to pay players on the Giants, on the Raiders, and on the 49ers to come on the station. Now, some of them would be $100 a hit. Some of them would be $500 a hit. But it wasn't guaranteed success. Just because you'd have on Maurice Jones-Drew or Brandon Belt from the Giants didn't mean your ratings went up. But if you got the right guy and you got a good rapport, 
it was must-listen, and it usually resonated. Like Aaron Rodgers, which one is just a smart guy. He's good on the medium because he can really talk. Then he has a friendship with Pat, so it's kind of a fun listen. And then you factor in all the controversy and his willingness to kind of talk some shit. So when I saw this story in a lot of the, the bloggers slash writers, and really a lot of writers are essentially bloggers, you know, internet writers now, I, I think we're kind of taken back. In this business, we pay to play. I would gladly cut. I, I couldn't pay someone a million dollars, but I could pay someone $100,000 if I knew I would get the equivalent of what McAfee got to this show, whether it was a coach or whether it was a player. I wouldn't even hesitate because it's well worth it if you're going to break news, if you're willing to say shit. Part of what makes Rodgers the ultimate guess is, one, he will break news. When news is broken about him, he that place is the first place he talks. And last but not least, he's willing to talk a lot of shit. He is very, very entertaining. Most of these coaches, like if I had on... Sean McVay or Dan Campbell or Kyle Shannon, Mike Vrabel, just think of the young coaches on a weekly basis. There is no chance during the season they talk a lot of shit about their opponents or other players or other coaches. It's not worth it for them to do it. It would actually turn out, even if they were fun and it was fun-natured, it wouldn't be as crazy as what Rodgers is bringing. Rodgers is the ultimate guest. And when McAfee said that he gladly cut him the check, of course he would. That's this business. In television, and definitely in audio, you pay to play. And when you get the right guess, it's a game changer. It's worth every freaking penny. Forever, when Steve Young went on KNBR in the Bay Area during the 49er season, the needle was moved. No different than when Kyle Shanahan goes on, or back in the day when Bruce Bochy goes on. Whoever's listening to this, whatever market you're in, Roethlisberger did it forever. Tom Brady did it forever. They were paid to come on. That's the way this business works. This isn't about journalism. It's about entertainment and about revenue. So, of course, a writer wrote about it kind of being taken back that McAfee's paying to play. Of course he is. That's why he's successful. (laughs) And he would gladly do it more for 10 more versions of Aaron Rodgers. It's very hard to find. He's paying Nick Saban to come on his show. I wouldn't take time out of my day to watch that because Nick's not really going to say much. He's just not. But... Aaron Rodgers will. And, for example, I watched today the 20 minutes Aaron Rodgers was there with him and AJ. Why? It's very entertaining. It's very good. When I was young, Dan Patrick used to have on Charles Barkley and Reggie Miller, and the interviews were just incredible. Even younger, Jim Rome used to have on consistent guests like Mark Grace. And I don't even think at the time he was even paying them, but it was incredible radio. Part of when you're listening, and you know this, with a guest... It's why I don't have on that many guests. I know some people in the NFL, right? But they're not going to say anything. It's going to be pretty generic. You see a lot of interviews that they do around the league. And it's like, whatever. You come for me, I'll try to entertain, right? Now, if I knew they would be good, I would gladly pay them. I wouldn't even hesitate. And uh, I was just shocked to see how some people... And listen, a lot of you guys listening don't know how it works. But most radio stations... In their major markets, like if you have the Cubs and the Bears, you are paying for their head coach, their manager, and their players to come on if it's a weekly basis. Now, if it's a one-off, probably not. They'll just come on. But weekly guests are compensated for their time. Another thing, I saw Sports Business Journal broke some news today. 
And there were a couple things. Let's start with this. The coaching interviews in the NFL is something that's been long controversial, right? When you can interview coaches and a lot of guys that are still in the playoffs. But a lot of the teams interviewing the coaches are done with their season and they don't want to wait till the playoffs end or the Super Bowl ends. And it's tough. And I've always leaned to, listen, whether you're listening to this and you're really ambitious, whether you work with really ambitious people, it will not matter what any rule is when you're allowed to interview, when you're allowed to leave a job, when your non-compete ends. Ambitious people, go-getters, and people that want more out of their profession will always push the envelope. So even when you have rules, you're not allowed to interview. Because a huge part of this is, if I'm getting ready for a wild card game, or I'm getting ready for a divisional game, and I think this is a very fair question to ask, how can you put in enough time if we're playing the Eagles or we're playing the Bills and you're also interviewing for three head coaching jobs? Well, it's just, he would be thinking about it no matter what. So whether he's interviewing or whether he's not, he still would be dedicating some time to contacting people. Part of this is why you have an agent. Now, I think you should either make a universal rule. Nobody can interview till the week after the championship game and that gap for the two-week gap for the Super Bowl, or there are no rules. I find some of these arbitrary. Like, no one can do an in-person interview till after the divisional round, so what about the coordinators that are in the championship games? Like, they are allowed to do it too, but also they got a game to prepare for. So I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Clearly, teams get mad. They're paying these coaches a ton of money. And the head coach gets mad, but listen, it's business. Like, the head coach is allowed to get mad. You're making $12 million, and the guy that's making a million dollars who has the opportunity to get a $9 million job, you're getting mad at him for thinking about that? You would too, and you were once in that position. It's a very delicate situation. I understand the arguments on both sides, but you never slow down ambition. You never slow down the guy who is dead set on trying to become a head coach. You never slow down the guy that's dead set on being the highest grossing sales guy. You never slow down the guy that wants to be at the top of the org chart. They are just driven and wired like that. And whether you make a date, you push it back a week, or you you move it up three weeks, it's not going to change that guy's wiring. And I think coaching, one, it's a nomadic profession. So these guys are used to getting hired and fired. And in a weird way, They're kind of numb to it all, at least after a while. I mean, go to some of your favorite teams and look at like your wide receiver coach or your O-line coach or your special teams coach, especially if they are like 60 years old. They have moved, I mean, potentially like 20, 18, 19 times. It's the reason I got out of the profession. I'm like, I'm a West Coast guy. I don't want to keep moving around. I don't want to go move to Arkansas and scout the Southwest for somebody. That does not interest me. I, I, I left Philly, got moved back to the West Coast, and I just saw so many people in this industry that were constantly moving around. And listen, some people are numb to it. And I'm not afraid to move. Hell, I just did it. But I remember at the time, like I can't see myself moving five different times and working for three different teams. That, that's not something that got my juices flowing. But for a lot of people, and I saw it firsthand, it did. It got, guys liked it. And I think when you see this kind of pushback of the interview process, I don't think it changes that much. You saw last year with Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals having to give a pick. Like, you know, he wanted to be a head coach. I don't blame him. 
I just saw in Paradise Valley, dude bought a $10 million house. Guess what? He ain't buying a $10 million house if he's a coordinator. Howie Roseman would want that. Sirianni would want that. Jeffrey Lurie would want that. It's part of life. So I think this is a story making a lot of headlines. I really don't think it's going to change that much besides logistically. You still can do the Zoom interviews, right? So if I'm doing a Zoom interview, how many people listening to this right now do Zoom talks with people, whether through your job, whether interviewing people, whether it's sales calls, what the hell is the difference, right? Obviously, there is a difference being in person with someone, but if you put yourself in a situation where, let's just pick a number, you make hundred grand, and you are going to interview with someone for a million dollars. Obviously, if it's an in-person interview, you would take that shit very seriously. But would you take it that much less seriously if it was the same? You make hundred grand, you're going to get interviewing for a million dollar job, and it's over Zoom? Because I know for myself, I would take that very seriously. I'd be pretty freaking dialed. So this notion, if I can still talk to you online, even if it, I don't even know all the rules. Let's just pick. A, let's just say they can only talk to you for two hours. I'm still taking those two hours very seriously. And if I'm a coach preparing for a playoff game, I'm still finding time to study that team's roster, to study that team's owner and their general manager, to study some of that team's game tape. I am. Whether I have to stay up a couple hours, which might limit some of my energy the following day. Welcome to life. I mean, there's a lot of money on the line. Anytime there's a lot of money on the line, I don't care what you do for a living, sell stocks, construction worker, uh, run hospitals, envelopes are going to be pushed. So I, I don't necessarily think this is going to slow down much when it comes to kind of, you know, coaches being all in. And listen, once you get to professional football, it's somewhat, people laugh at it like, it's all about the team. Well, kind of. You're leaking about your contract as a coordinator that you're getting interviewed for this job and you're also getting interviewed for this job. So you're no different than a player. Like everyone's somewhat out for themselves. And it's a fine line of a balance, right? Because even in the pros, everyone is worried about their own business, right? My, as a player, my contract isn't really tied to like five other players. It's, it's just myself or myself as a coach is kind of tied to other coaches. But it, as an individual, if my team's doing shitty, but my offense is doing well, I can still have success. So it's, it's just a fine line. And now with the amount of money that's on the line, obviously for players, but when you look at these coaching salaries, like I said, Jonathan Gannon, and maybe he's independently wealthy, bought a $10 million house in Paradise Valley. And I, this is not some big J, you know, being resentful. I'm all for it. Go get it, man. I, I, I celebrate success on this show. But the reason he's able to do that is because his ambition, wanting to be a head coach. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think the NFL is going to keep trying to tweak it. I just ultimately don't know if it changes that much. And then the other thing is there has been some talk about doing an international Super Bowl. I don't think it's likely. I think it's a lock. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see multiple spots internationally to host Super Bowls, right? Because ultimately the NFL, I saw it this year. I've been to two Super Bowl venues when I lived in the Bay Area, San Francisco. That would have been 17 when uh, it would have been January, February 17, the Broncos, Carolina. And then this year when it came to Arizona. A huge part of it is just all this shit going on around the city, right? But the league makes all their money on the game based on you watching it on television, right? 100 million people, whatever the number is. That is the key. It's the whole key to all these sports. How many people sit on their couch and watch TV? 
It's the reason Adam Silver right now is making a big day, big deal about player participation. He didn't give a shit previously. He might have, but he definitely wasn't going to make it public and he wasn't going to make it a big deal. Now they're writing up rules, doing fines. Why? Because in a year they have to negotiate their media rights deal. And who's paying big freight for the NBA if I don't know the players are going to play? It's all about television. It, the television is where you pay the bills. So if I put the Super Bowl, let's just hypothetically say in London, and I'll just pick two random teams. The Bills play the Rams. The league doesn't really care if a lot of the fans are able, or Seattle, whoever, are able to make it over to London, whether you got a passport or whether you can afford to go. They don't give a shit. As long as you sit there on that Sunday when the Super Bowl is played and watch and help account for the 100 million people. And clearly, the NFL is pretty bloodthirsty right now. It's been pretty, you know, all over the internet. I truly believe this. I'm not just saying it to try to be funny. That was a fake fan on Sunday. I Or Monday night. I believe that was a fake fan. I don't believe that was a real fan. Now, do, is my conspiracy theory, why would they pay a fan... Is there some sort of seeing Taylor Swift and the female demo and the excitement? I don't know. I honestly don't even care why they would do it. Uh, I'm looking forward to The Athletic breaking it down, doing some uh, Big J work and getting us the information, but I don't believe that was a real fan. And I, I do think the NFL will do anything when it comes to money. And going to London, going to Germany in a couple weeks is all about expanding the audience and finding more people to watch. Because what is eventually going to happen, right? All these games aren't just going to be on Fox and CBS. I'm 39 years old. When I'm 60 years old, do you think I'm just going to walk to my flat screen TV and turn on Fox and CBS and see the NFL? Or or more than likely, it's going to be on Apple TV or Netflix or whoever, right? Probably. Well, what does that mean? Well, if I'm in Germany... Or I'm in London, it's just as easy for me to consume it as it is for John Middlecoff in Scottsdale, or you, Billy, in Minnesota, or James in Tampa. It's all the same. So the time differences might be different, but in terms of it's all on my TV. Anyone ever travel internationally? I remember going to Europe for a month when I was in college and wanting to watch like baseball games or you know, uh, the majors in golf, and you just can't find it on TV, or it's very, very difficult to find on TV. Well, when it comes to streaming, it ain't difficult. I can find whatever I want, whether I'm in China or whether I'm in Florida. Now, obviously, China might have some restrictions, but you know what I mean. I I could be anywhere around the world and watch the same thing on Netflix or Apple TV or Amazon Prime as you sitting in the middle of America. The NFL knows this. So to me, this international play isn't even just a short-term play. It's a big picture play because how are they going to get that much bigger in America? They're having 26 million people watch Jets Eagles, which is fucking massive in 2023. But the only like that, that number in America is never going to 44 million people. Maybe on a good year goes to 30, maybe on a down year goes to 22, but it's kind of in the realm of where it's going to be. But how do you get more people around the world to watch? You go there. And that's why they've been going to Mexico, going to London, going to Germany, and really more consistently. Like when I was a kid, I remember the 49ers, I think, played in, uh, played in Japan or Tokyo uh, against the Falcons, if memory serves me correct. It felt like a little more random back then. Now it feels more consistent. 
They know they're on to something, and uh, I think full pedal ahead. And I would expect 100% next decade international Super Bowl. Uh, I would expect the next time they announce Super Bowls, I, I think it's definitely on the table. For a limited time, you can save 40% on NFL Plus premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play from Verizon. Plus Play is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more. So you can watch multiple games all at once on any screen around you for updates. Never miss a touchdown. And for fantasy football players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming like Fantasy Live through NFL Network, Red Zone for tracking player performance on Sunday, access to live local primetime games, access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. It's 40% off an annual subscription. That's just $59.99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. A couple news and notes. Julio Jones signs with the Eagles. They got a little injury. Signed Julio. Crazy, Julio's 34. He feels like he's 48. Um, so, yeah, seven-time Pro Bowler, practice squad, chance to move up. Obviously had an injury to the third wide receiver. It, at least it would look pretty cool if you just rolled out. I don't know Julio has been a shell of himself for years, but if you're just playing video games, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen, DeAndre Swift, Goddard, on paper, in theory, it sounds pretty cool. This Thursday night game, I, I'm i pretty excited for this Thursday night game. I really am. I, I've watched a ton of the Saints. As I said the other day, I, Derek Carr just hasn't played well. 
He simply just has not played well. Not not for the money they're paying him. I think this is going to be the first time that 10-plus million people are all watching him play. He has been a very polarizing player for the last half decade with the Raiders. Everyone constantly kind of flown under the radar a little bit with the Saints. You don't fly under the radar when you play one of these primetime games, even if it is the streaming game. And Trevor Lawrence, who got banged up at the end of the game, full full disclosure here, have not watched much Jags football. H- have not. Uh, mainly, I guess they've played in a couple London games. You know, for me, it starts really early. I, I typically have watched football so late. I'm just, the Sunday morning game, especially the Jags, I didn't watch the Jags' bills. Uh, I didn't watch really last week Jags Colts. They were killing them. I changed the channel or changed the four box to another game. Uh, am interested to watch. I, I, I said when the season started, I thought they could be really good. I thought they had a chance to be one of the best offenses in the league. Now they got to keep him healthy. But Calvin Ridley, ETN had the big game a couple weeks ago against the Bills. You know, with Doug, uh, this is a tough game for Carr. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated on this one. I, I really am. And, and last but not least, I, I wanted to hit on something. A little segment we call It's Time for the Week's Player Slash Coach. I thought might give almost, almost anything to redo his game. Brought to you by Uber Eats. Love my friends at Uber Eats. Use them all the time. This one's a no-brainer for me. Because Dan Lanning, I like Dan Lanning. I, I, I'm impressed. He's. I, I would take Dan Lanning over Mario Cristobal every day of the week. Dan Lanning is an upgrade. Mario is solid for Oregon. Mario got Oregon, kind of their swag back, was recruiting big time, a little limited as a coach, but had the program headed in the right direction, but he clearly had a ceiling. Dan Lanning was a bold choice, but it's working out. Team's really talented. He's a fiery guy. He's clearly a smart guy. But like Brandon Staley, he constantly goes for it. And I'll say this every single day that I ever talk about football. I'm all for going for it. But there is a time and a place. And sometimes when you're playing in some of these big games, especially when your defense is playing well, it's okay to punt. And they had a chance against Washington to punt and make him go 85, 90 yards. And they refused. And then Penix had to go half the field. The other thing, when you don't punt at midfield and you go for it and you don't get it, you not only give them great field position, you invigorate and light up their sideline. You give the people on their team hope. And let's face it, what's the most powerful thing in the world? Hope and energy. And that's immediately what Washington got. They drove down the field in a couple plays, and Oregon lost. And I saw his explanation, and he's smart. He's a good speaker. It's eloquent. He explained it well. I'm sorry. This is back-to-back years. I had a buddy who worked in who works in the league as a college director, was at the game. He said he did the same shit last year when they lost. Back-to-back years he lost to Washington for being, in my opinion, over-aggressive. So that was this week's almost, almost coach of the week. And you can order almost, almost anything with Uber Eats, the official on-demand partner of the NFL. Order now. Okay, let's bang out some mailbag questions. Extra note, maybe for this weekend. The Broncos answer to fixing mailbags at John Middlecoff. This is JM, not me. The Broncos' answer to fixing the Russell Wilson contract situation really hits them next year and as simple as this. Find a trade partner that will take on 33% of his contract, total in exchange for a third-round pick in each year of the contract. It sounds crazy, but as a numbers guy, it's only solution that makes sense. For the next five years, the team you traded him to get your third-round pick. 
the 67% of the contract you retain, you spread over seven years as dead cap space. It's creative solution that needs to be in the conversation. Have a great weekend. John from Canada. The problem, and listen, we can come up with creative solutions all day long. Who wants Russell Wilson to be their quarterback? That, that to me, is the problem. So, yeah, you can take him in the third-round picks. You're basically just buying third-round picks, but you don't want Russell Wilson to be your quarterback. I, I think that is kind of the elephant in the room here. I, I, I don't know what else to say besides I just don't think he has much value around the league. Assad, it feels like Jerry Jones told Dak, fuck the podium slash press. There's a noticeable difference at the podium with Dak, and I personally am here for it. It comes off as more th- authentic. Instead of trying to always win the podium regardless of wins and losses. And maybe that's the edge that Dak needs. I've come from a place forever. Bitter Romo's tenure ended and Dak started the way it did. I've accepted and am usually the last to give Dak his credit. But this time feels different. His demeanor, everything about it. Yeah, maybe maybe you're onto something. I, I don't watch enough of Dak's... Pre- I don't watch any of them beside the snippets that come on my Twitter feed or, you know... ESPN or Fox or something. So you'd know better than me, probably, obviously, as a Cowboy fan. You know, if he's dropping F-bombs or got a little edge to him. I I, I think part of it, the older you get, the less blanks you give. (laughs) I really think it's that simple. I I was much more hesitant and just thought about different stuff when I was 28, 33, than I do now at 38. Actually, I'm 39. So one year away from 40. Been loving all the content. What are your thoughts on the coach of the year? I'm torn between Campbell and McDaniel, but D'Amico is building a great case. If I have to put money on somebody, I would guess Campbell. Lions should win 12-plus games. Well, McDaniel won nine last year, right? So did Dan Campbell. I'm pretty sure. Dolphins fan, I could be wrong. Obviously, Campbell did. So if both of them win 13 games, that's a four-game improvement. I saw a stat today that Miami is averaging, I think, eight yards a play. No one else in the league is averaging over six. So, I mean, statistically, he's the play caller as well. Uh, Could you split a vote? A little uh, Steve McNair. Was it Steve McNair, Peyton Manning that split split the MVP? Brett Favre, Barry Sanders. Couldn't we do that with Coach of the Year? We're all too quick to anoint Herbert as a top quarterback. He passes the eye test with flying colors and has all the physical tools, but I feel like he can never get over the hump. He missed quite a few wide-open throws against the Cowboys and did not look sharp off of a bye. Is it possible he's just a better version of Rivers? Never forget, when Rivers was young, he was viewed as a top-five quarterback as well. So, like, those guys are really good. You're going to have bad nights. Said it about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams had a really bad night. Doesn't make him a bad player. Justin Herbert was really bad against the Cowboys. It doesn't diminish what he's done over a a two-and-a-half-year span. His statistics speak for themselves. Any player with his statistics would have won a lot more if his defense wasn't consistently awful. So I'll defend him that way for sure. I find it funny that so many respectable NFL voices thought Reich was going to be anything but what he is right now, which is one of the worst coaches in the league. I've been a lifelong Colts fan, and it was clear as day he's not a great offensive mind or a good motivator. He just gave up play calling. I'm not sure what he's even doing now because he sure as hell won't spark any life into that franchise 
with his stone face and boring attitude. Not really a question, but was curious. What are your thoughts? One thing I heard about Frank uh, from people that have worked with him, obviously high character, great guy. People really, really like him. But he's kind of afraid to take a stance, and he's a, just a, a major fence sitter. I've heard the same thing about George Payton, the GM in Denver. And they've just, most of their career, tried to fit in. And obviously, they're well thought of in the NFL, but they're not, you know, they don't have a lot of shit to them. And I think you see that with Frank. Really good guy. He ain't a one. And listen, this league is full of guys that are twos. And there's nothing wrong with that. You get paid seven figures to be twos in the NFL. There are some industries, like if you work at a deli and you're not the number one sandwich maker, you're not going to make much money. In the NFL, if you're a coordinator or hell, even a quarterback coach, I mean, there are quarterback coaches making eight, nine hundred grand. So I, Frank Reich, that whole organization, well, let's be real, is a disaster. The ownership, the coaching staff, the talent on the field, it ain't working. It simply is not working. Think about trading, and listen, I understand Christian was injured, but watching Christian McCaffrey with the Niners, and obviously you traded DJ Moore, he's been one of your better offensive players, I don't know, the last 20 years, you know, Steve Smith, Jonathan Stewart, Christian McCaffrey, non-quarterback, obviously Cam's the best, but I mean, like that, you traded those two guys for this little quarterback? Is it crazy to think the Jets could win the division? Buffalo was very up and down, and there was ever a defense that could slow down Miami, it would be the Jets. Obviously, it hinges on Zach continuing to improve, but the schedule for the Jets coming up is much weaker. I think I was asked about the Bills the other day, and I said their offense was off, and then a Bills fan hit me back up and was like, John, they had had three straight games of lighting up the scoreboard. It's true. The Bills game against Dayball might have just been a little former coordinator on former team crime. Right, Obviously, the Giants had to throw the kitchen sink at them. They're having a devastating year. And unlike the Panthers against the Dolphins, they have enough talent, a kitchen sink game, to just sustain it, even with their backup quarterback. But I think it would be one of the upsets of the year if this team won the division. You know, Because it's not just beating Miami, it's beating the other teams. Right, The one thing Miami has is when they play a random team, they are going to fucking destroy them as long as Tua is playing, because their offensive weaponry is unstoppable. So yeah, it's hard against the Jets or the Bills, but we saw against the Panthers. I mean, they could sleepwalk to 35 points. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, they're going to lose? Nope, 35-nothing, right? You know, they went on a 35-0 run, is what I meant. So I I would say no. I do think if they can just keep kind of playing like they're playing, it's hard to win games consistently like the way that they just beat the Eagles. But yeah, I think a wild card would be in play for sure. Middlecoff. Today, the owners, we talked about this earlier, are voting on head coaching interviews taking place after the divisional round. I've never liked coordinators in the playoffs interviewing during the most important time of the year. What are your thoughts on this? Who are the biggest names out there targeted for head coach openings this upcoming offseason? Well, we talked about my thoughts on that earlier in the podcast. I would say some names... Clearly, Ben Johnson, the coordinator for the Lions, is going to be interviewed by every head coaching opening. Uh, I would say when you look at the 49ers and the Eagles, who are probably going to have the two best records in the NFC, I don't know. Maybe Steve Wilkes. You know, I mean, he interviewed last year for Carolina. He's been a head coach while short-lived before. 
well thought of, high level guy. You know, when you look at the AFC, like who on the Bills, right? You'd be like, well, their defense, well, the defensive coordinator is a head coach. Well, their offense, is Ken Dorsey going to get hired? Hard to see that. Miami, I mean, the star of that operation is Mike McDaniel. And then their defensive coordinator, obviously their defense isn't good, but Vic Fangio is not going to be a head coach. Patriots have nobody. Matt Canada ain't getting hired. I don't know if it feels like a great year. Think how many coordinators have just been hired the last several years. And then, you know, to me, is it Belichick? If Belichick and the Patriots part ways, I think he's somewhere else next year. Given the picking a quarterback, and to some extent other position players or even coaches, is a complex process and not an exact science, how come GMs and scouts still screw first-round picks like Zach Wilson, Manziel, Jamarcus, Trey Lance? We are now several years of data showing that players with red flags over character and other points like accuracy, decision-making, or time played in college rarely work. Keep up the great work. This is from Alexandre in Austria. It's a long way to come for a question. It's the quarterback position. And when you're desperate, you do desperate things. And you overlook your rules. It's no different in dating Right When you haven't had a girlfriend in a while, you might overlook some stuff to get some companionship. right? Even if you don't want to be serious, you'll do whatever it takes. And I think that happens a lot with quarterback. Because a lot of times you'll stick to your other requirements for your other positions, but you can convince yourself that this guy can be the guy for whatever reason. Even when he's not accurate like a Trey Lance, or he's got character concerns like Johnny Menzel, you're so desperate to try to hit a home run on that position. And it's not going to stop. The other thing, and I was talking, we had my girlfriend's mom came to stay with us. We were talking last night, like how these quarterbacks, misses and Maria calls Zach Wilson, the karate kid because of his, because of what he wears on his head. And we talked about why you miss quarterbacks. And I said, I don't think it just keeps getting back to this. You are dealing with people. In every other industry, when you invest $40, $50 million into another business to acquire something, it's pretty black and white on a spreadsheet. Yet in football, even if the measurables, he's 6'4", he's got a good arm, he was accurate, he had good grades in college, he's never been in trouble, you have no clue how you're going to handle the pressure. And there are intangible stuff that come with the NFL, the pressure, the limelight, the money, even if you're getting paid NIL in college, you get paid a lot more in the NFL. There are just a lot more eyeballs on you. It's way more intense. It's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. Like that. That's Think about a job that you had that was kind of hard, right, in college, doing something, whatever it may have been. One of your first quote-unquote real jobs. And then think, especially if you are 30 years old or 35 or 36, some of the jobs you've had since that may be less physically demanding, but the decisions you have to make are much more strenuous and are much more intense and much more stress-ridden. Like the more intensity stuff that happens, any weakness in your ability, in your profession can make you crack. We've all cracked before, right? Through stress, through being overwhelmed. It's whether you're trying to run a car dealership, whether you're trying to run a restaurant, or whether you're trying to play quarterback, even if you are talented, you can crack under the pressure. Like I said, human beings, not widgets. 
And I think that's a huge reason. Like Trey Lance, and I saw a lot of him over a couple years span in practice. Obviously, his accuracy was much more in the forefront once he got to the pros than he had issues in college. But then you look back and you go, well, he didn't really play anybody. But the problem is everyone starts talking about it. You're the starting quarterback for one of the biggest brands in the league who's trying to win a Super Bowl. Think how hard it is and how much pressure is on guys when your team sucks. Like, you felt it with Justin Fields this year. Their team sucks, and there's a ton of pressure on the guy. Mac Jones feels like they've won two games in the last, like, two years. And you can feel the pressure growing and mounting and just the intensity of it all. The coach is on you. The fans are on you. The owner's looking at you side-eye. It's hard, man. Uh, I, I, I say it all the time. I, I am much more comfortable talking shit about coaches because I think it's much easier to work your way up to become a coordinator and kind of fake it than it is like you don't fake it in the NFL. Now, maybe you fake it in the sense of your production in college wasn't going to translate, but you still had to play at a high level. Like Say what you want about Mac Jones. Went to Alabama, started, won a national championship. Now, it was the 2020 year. His team was loaded. Whatever. Then once he got to the NFL, there's no hiding. Like the talent around him relative to what he had at Alabama isn't the same. But what he did getting to the NFL is very is much more difficult than what coaches have to do. And what coaches have to do is hard. But it's harder to do as a player to get there. And then it's even way harder to stay. It's way harder to stay. Because unlike coaches, like your friends can just keep rehiring you, which happens all the time, right? And your agent can make shit happen. As a player, once you start really sucking and not being able to play, it's like, bye-bye. You're out of the league. My question is, what are your thoughts on an international Super Bowl? I know it's your sport and should be played in your country, but if you're trying to grow the game worldwide, why not give it to us? Well, we talked about it earlier in the pod. It's coming. Buckle up. I mean, I would bet the farm right now. I, I would say in the next 20 years, assuming the NFL keeps rolling the way they're rolling, we see multiple international Super Bowls. It's a TV product. You know, the Super Bowl really is just a week of parties and shit. You, you could place it anywhere. Like Germany, London, you name it. You, you name the country. Right? They're probably not going to China. You could put it in, I guess, Australia, the time zone difference. It would probably have to be somewhere, London, all the European countries, Mexico, potentially. I love the show. I keep seeing outside skill position players, wide receivers and corners, that have their mouth guards flopping around during the play. Don't you think that is distracting for them? No, I don't. I, I, I do not at all. Uh, I think some of these guys, it's almost like their version of swag. Now, listen, I'd never played football past high school, but I couldn't imagine tackling people in the NFL without a mouth guard in. Now, some of these DBs, you know, a lot of them are avoiding contact, but I, I, I cannot imagine getting hit or hitting, especially if I'm a defensive player, without having the mouth guard in. But the, these guys are doing it at the highest level, and they feel pretty good about it. Longtime listener, love the football and golf pods. Heading to Scottsdale this weekend, looking for a course to play Sunday that isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg. Uh, don't quite want to pay the cost of Greyhawk or True North. Would much rather something in the lower 200s or a little over the 200 range. Any recommendations? This is the problem in Arizona come wintertime. All the snowbirds come back, and they start charging five, $600 for the public golf. So I would try to find places like Raven 
which is in Phoenix. Maybe it's in Chandler, I think. I, I've played it a couple times. Raven, that that's, to me, a pretty good deal. Uh, Raven and Whirlwind are two places that you should be able to get under the $200 mark. I, I saw Greyhawk, it was like $400. I, Scott, uh, TPC right now is close to $400 because they're putting up all the waste management stuff. So public golf here, man. And listen, I as someone who's talked shit, it's like, this is insane. And then the moment I joined TPC and I'm playing out there all the time, it is packed. So it's like people are paying the prices. It's crazy. It's, it's really wild. Hey, John, big fan of the pod. Been a long-time listener. I'm a lifetime Chiefs fan, and I'm going to the game over in Frankfurt. That's pretty cool. I've been trying to find out information on tailgating and partying with other Chief and NFL fans without any luck. I was wondering if you could point me in the right direction. What I would do is I would follow, you know, look at the Chiefs' social media. When's that game? It's not this week. It's two weeks. I would be shocked if the Chiefs don't tweet out, don't Instagram out information of fan meetups. I would imagine as well the NFL does. I mean, I would just type it into Google. Fan meetups in Germany. Chiefs fans. I don't know how many of you guys are going. Uh, I, I would guess it's not like going to a Raider game where maybe you get 40,000 people there. But I, I do believe as someone, I've never gone to the international game, I'd be stunned if the franchise doesn't have some sort of fan engagement. feels like they always have that in London. I don't know why they wouldn't have that in Germany. So I, I would honestly just... The other thing you could do is call the uh, the season ticket holder. You like the season ticket holder line? Call someone with the Chiefs, and they definitely could point you in the right direction. I'm a big Eagles fan. I know they miss Shane Steichen, clearly. With their schedule coming up, should the Eagles fans be worried? I feel like the Jets game was the last chance for an easy win for a long time, although that defense is amazing. Well, let's bring up the old schedule, Eagles schedule. I think you you play Monday night here against someone good. Dolphins-Eagles, this week, Sunday night. That is a great game. Then, in a week, you play the Commanders at night, in or not at night, morning game, in Washington. We know that's tough. Then you get the Cowboys at home. Then you get the Chiefs off a bye. Then you get the Bills. Then you get the 49ers. Then you get the Cowboys. Then you go to Seattle. Damn. You do your last three games, though, are Giants, Cardinals, Giants. So to me, Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys. If you just split the Cowboys games, win the Commander game, win one of the Chiefs, 49ers, Bills game. Well, you get the 49ers and the Bills at home. I, you'll be fine. You, to me, you're still winning 13 games minimum. The concerning part is, as an offensive coordinator, it's a little bit like a player. We used to say this about DBs. One thing I learned working in football, two positions to me, instincts are just, you either got them or you don't. Running back, instincts with running back, to me, is like a non-starter if you don't have it. And DB and specifically corner. If you're not an instinctive player, you're going to give up a ton of catches. Instinctive players, no one to turn their head around, no one to make plays. It's it's very hard. I I think we talk so much quarterback's the hardest position. I'd argue quarterback is or corner is 1B, especially in this modern day where you can't hit anybody, so none of these wide receivers are intimidated, and they're all fast as shit. So we talk about instincts with players. I don't think we do it enough with coaches. 
and through, I, I've watched the majority of your snaps. Hell, 26 million people just watched you play the Jets. It feels like Brian Johnson's not the very instinctive play caller. Like, one thing Shane Steichen had, God, this guy's just got a feel for it. McVay has it. Shanny has it. Obviously, Coach Reed has it. Peyton had it forever with Drew Brees. Josh McDaniels always had it with Tom Brady. There was like an ebb and flow to the place. There was a rhythm. There was like a, you know, a kidney punch, a kidney punch, a right hook, a left jab, and you just didn't know what was coming. With bad play callers, and Michael Lombardi always does a good job describing this, it's like they're playing Battleship, right? There's like, oh, L2, R4, and it's just they're just kind of guessing. They're just throwing shit at the wall and see what happens. And, you know, I, I say, listen, I'm not the biggest Sark fan as a head coach, but he's a good play caller. Lane's a good play caller. You see it in college. Lincoln forever in Oklahoma was a good play caller. Something's missing, and that that's what would concern me. The good thing is for you guys, you have fucking freaky talent. And when you're that talented, even a disaster, you're winning like 12 games. Because think about this. Well, you just told me your schedule is really hard, and it's true. But if I just went through the Bills' schedule, when you come up, that's their hard game. When I go through the Cowboys' schedule or 49ers' fan, when you come up, that's their hard game. So it, it goes both ways. Right? Like when you say the Cardinals, every time the Cardinals play the Niners or the Eagles, they're like, holy shit. Yet the other team, you know, the Niners, the Eagles, whoever go, God, we got the Cardinals this week. Easy win. Love your podcast. Also, you've got to take care of your eyes. Get some glasses. You're an adult now making good money. Trust me, I'm not, I don't have glasses because it's not, I don't, I'm broke. I just don't have glasses. It's time to find an optometrist or an ophthalmologist and see them yearly. Build a relationship with your doctor and get your eyes dilated when you go. The dilation is crucial. It's like, sounds like my dad. Talk to me about how good the Cleveland Browns defense is this season. So far, it looks like they are in historic category for yards allowed per game. I'm talking purple Peter, purple people eater historic. I've seen the Niners physically shove everyone around they've played for the last couple of years. And they usually hurt other people. And they played the Browns, and their star players were all going to the sideline. McCaffrey was bloody everywhere and fucked up his oblique. Debo, it felt like, lasted a series. And Trent, while a little freaky, to me sometimes, when you're getting guys shoved on your back, part of that is defensive linemen shoving other offensive linemen. To me, the thing I loved about your defense is the physicality element, because I know you guys got speed. I mean, you got fantastic DBs, and your defensive line is awesome. And then your athleticism at linebacker, when you have, and part of the problem last year, right, was their linebackers aren't that big. So they didn't have beef above them, and they, people just ran down their throat. Well, they've added girth, so you can't throw on them because the corners are good. Their defensive line now can stop the run, and then the athletic linebackers can tackle everything. So, I, yeah, I think you guys got a chance to be unreal. When your defense is awesome, and to be an awesome defense in the NFL, or just in college in 2023, given the rules, line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage. You could have four Deion Sanders. If your D-line sucks, I'm just running it down your throat, right? But when you can dominate the point of attack, pass and run, you're in major trouble as an offense. And the 49ers had no shot against them. Trent Williams limped back in the game, and one of the reasons he said he did it 
because he felt like he was putting the backup in an awful spot given the opponent they were playing. Like, how could they? How, he's like, I couldn't let the backup go in there against Miles Garrett because he was having a hard time, and he's the one of the best players of his generation. So, uh, yeah, I think you guys statistically speaks for itself. Record through six games. Eye test. I feel like the eye test is even better. That that Forty Nine er game was. You know what I appreciate about Cleveland is. And the Bay Area used to have this when the 49ers played at Candlestick and when the Raiders played at the Coliseum. There weren't suites there. I mean, the Raiders had a couple, but they were so shitty. The, the, the stadiums were so bad and so decrepit. When you went to watch a game there, it was just about football. You went to just enjoy the event. When you go to some of these nicer stadiums, like SoFi or even Levi's or wherever... You're like, let's go to this lounge. Let's go to this bar. Oh, I'm at Allegiant. Let's go to the casino. It's about more than football. And there was just an old school feel to the 80s and 90s stadiums. And I, they're terrible. And listen, the Coliseum, whenever the A's finally go to Vegas, I would nuke it. I would blow it to smithereens. But I've been to a lot of football games there, and there's a purity to the product. You're just sitting in a shitty seat watching an NFL game. It's just very pure. And honestly, on TV, I've never been to the Cleveland Stadium. And obviously, the Cleveland Stadium is not, I don't think, as old as those. But you could hear people banging on the metal and it echoing. It felt like it was just about ball. It felt like it was just about the game. And everyone there, it's obviously a blue-collar, working man's town. And they just love the freaking Browns. And it felt kind of collegiate. It, it really did. And, and you don't get that. You watch the Monday night game, which... I love that stadium. You go there, but you go to the stadium, you're like, hey, what bar you want to go to? What club level you want to go to? It's like, well, we'll get back for the middle of the second quarter. At that Cleveland Niner game, it felt everyone knew what their responsibility was for that game. Raining, no one budged. I appreciate it. So I, I think the only question mark is, let's face it, it feels like something weird is going on with Deshaun Watson. I'm expecting something to come out sometime soon. I don't. I haven't seen. Uh, I guess they have. Well, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so we'll see if they practice tomorrow. Does he practice? Does he miss another game? Do they think he's healthy and he's not playing? Does he think he's more hurt than he is? That's usually where you get animosity on one side. It's like, hey, we're paying you all this money. Are you are you healthy enough to play? We got no other options. We're rolling out a practice squad player because he's better than our rookie. Like, hey, man, we need you. We paid you for this team. Because if you're just solid, if you could just be like Dak Prescott, we can win the Super Bowl. Think about that. All they need him to be is solid. They, they, they don't need him to be 2019 Deshaun Watson for the Houston Texans. They don't need him to be Clemson Deshaun Watson. But if he's not playing, they, they are in trouble. And they will struggle to win games. I don't care how great their defense is. You look at the Jets. Now the Browns defense is better than the Jets, but you know what I'm saying. So I think that is the, no, the only story that I'm interested with the Browns. Because they have enough offensive talent. Clearly, their defense is more than good enough to dominate the league. What's up with the quarterback? How hurt is his shoulder? Do they think he's more hurt? Do they think he's not as hurt? I don't know. And that's a story that I'm just... I just got my spidey senses up for sure. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. Let's roll, baby. The Volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.